You've probably seen at least one of the movies because, well, even I've seen a few of them. But do you know the real story behind Annabelle? Today, we'll tell you where this story originated, discuss some of the creepy experiences the owners of this doll had, and reunite with our old friends, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Finally, we'll discuss where you can find the Annabelle doll today. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought our last series was difficult to listen to, stick around. Because tonight's story is actually the exact opposite. No dead kids, dolls, exorcism, just lots of fun, fun, fun. You'll love it. This is Necronomapod. That the one nurse said to the other one, One of the nurses knows a medium. Let's ask her about this. I'll bet you there's a spirit in that doll. That's what they did. They asked this nurse about it, and she said, yeah. She said, uh, I know a woman who is a medium. I'll bring her over, and we'll hold the seance. It was a joke, just a, a game. But it didn't turn out to be a game. It turned out to be one of the most horrifying experiences they'd ever have in their life. <laughs> and I've talked with people just recently, as recent as two months ago, who know the two nurses. And even today, they don't like to talk about it. They'll never come to our lectures. <laughs> they don't want to talk about Raggedy Ann, Annabelle at all. So I feel like we can finally uh, take a deep breath, breathe a little bit, relax, kind of decompress from the last month <laughs> of shows. It was a lot for sure. Quite a few people saying they couldn't even finish some of the episodes. Yeah, we actually got another message today about that. I get it. I wouldn't want to listen to it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was uh, tough for it was enough uh, to sit here and listen to it being read, the, you know, during recording. That's why we drink pint after pint after pint after pint. Got to dull the pain sometimes. Or as our friend Stone Cold might say. One beer. Two beers. Three beers. It's about what it felt like getting through. Uh, 16 those, beers. <laughs> each of those episodes. <laughs> but it was well done. Hopefully people liked it and enjoyed uh, learning about that. You know, not so fun story. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, Bob. <laughs> we need the uh, like a laugh track. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I don't know. Now we move on to fun stuff. We say fun. Other people are like, "Fuck no, this is scary shit." It is. Uh, it is a little. Uh, I don't know. Unsettling. Yeah, for sure. If you're buying this tale, I enjoyed the first Annabelle movie. I don't remember the spinoffs, but I know I've seen one or two of them. Like, because there's The Conjuring. The is that what conjuring. it is? Is that is the Conjuring the like Annabelle movie? It's where it brought the character. Um, yeah, and then there's been all like the Conjuring two and three, yeah, and then the, there was the Annabelle movie itself are a little silly. They're not good. They're, they're not good. But are they not connected to the Conjuring? Are they their own separate things? Well, there's like a whole, I don't know. It's, it's, so it's the conjuring that I've seen it's a spinoff. And I yeah. think I saw maybe the first Annabelle. I don't know. I just feel like they're all the same movie. They're a little silly. Well, the, the conjuring movies follow Ed and Lorraine Warren. Right. So the conjuring two is based on the Enfield poltergeist, which we talked about. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen that one. I think I just saw the conjuring and then the Annabelle movie. The Annabelle movie is not good. I don't even remember mm-hmm. it, other than just like the little doll looking thing. That's like what we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> we're going to enlighten your ass, buddy. Yeah, just the face. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The the nun scene in The Conjuring 2 is absolutely terrifying. It's 
It got to be one of my favorite horror scenes. Yeah. It's so great. That, did you see the non that was a part of? Yeah, it was this? all right. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was better than I thought it was. How many be. fucking spinoffs did they do on this thing? They're the, milking it, buddy. The nun's supposed to. That's like the first movie, and it's more based on mm. Lorraine. So a, the nun is a prequel. The nun the was like over in like a what was like a monastery in Croatia. Not Cro- was it Croatia, Romania, Romania? I think. That sounds right. I mean, it was good. It was entertaining. It, it wasn't great. Do you know how much money that film made? Tell no, me, none. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know they did that. They probably made a fortune. They're getting into Star Wars territory with all these damn spinoffs yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, there's like a solid seven or eight movies connected to that whole franchise. I guess you'd call it. Yeah. But today we're going to tell you the real story, not that fake Hollywood crap. This is what right. really happened. This is that's in per Ed and Lorraine Moros. <laughs> so when I first started writing the outline for this, or when we were thinking about it. I started thinking about like, why are dolls so fucking creepy? Because I find dolls super creepy. Dolls and clowns, right? That's always the two things. Right. People don't like either of them. Remember that Seinfeld with uh, all the dolls? George's, uh, who is it? Who's his fiance? Susan has Su- a doll collection. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that wasn't creepy enough, but there was the one doll that looked just like his mom. <laughs> <laughs> just like her. <laughs> so I read a study by Thalia Wheatley, that's not a real name. <laughs> you made that up to sound smart. She's a cognitive neuroscientist at Dartmouth University. She was able to establish that the human brain shows activity in specific areas when you see a face in just 170 milliseconds. That's part of the reason why we can see faces really quick in something like, uh, I don't know, like a piece of wood that has markings might resemble a face. Or Jesus on a piece of toast. Yep, I actually have yeah. a cracker at my house that I preserve that has Jesus' face. Does it? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about quitting all my jobs and just going on tour, <laughs> showing it off. And then maybe Dave could come over and like take a piss, and then a splash accidentally gets under Jesus' eye and it's a teardrop. <laughs> this is a, it's from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not the cracker part, but there's a picture of Jesus. That is so fucking funny. <laughs> It's when he was taking the medication and his piss stream is just super strong. <laughs> Greatest show ever. It's like me after nine beers and the 13th interruption of a show <laughs> to go pee. So she said, quote, we must be able to discriminate faces worthy of our thoughts, feelings and actions from false alarms that are not actually faces. Otherwise, we might regard clouds, cars or houses as objects with a mental life. This lady's the real deal, though. I looked at, I looked into her a little bit. She was a consultant. I don't know if you've ever seen this. It was an HBO documentary, Welcome to Chechnya. And they interviewed people about like things that happened to them in Chechnya, but they wanted to block their identity. So they did some sort of weird digital change where they like superimposed uh, an actor's face on there, but they wanted to keep the actual emotions of the person being interviewed so you could kind of get the... You know, keep the emotions of what of, of their interview. And this lady consulted on there as to what what kind of digital, you know, change effect would allow them to keep the emotions intact and resonate with the audience. So like real That's, deep shit. I, I it was pretty interesting. Hmm. So yeah, I think she knows her stuff. Maybe Talia Wheatley isn't so phony after Thalia, Mike, Thalia. 
Miss Thalia Wheatley. Excuse me. <laughs> Show some respect, would you? Apologies to Miss Wheatley. So there's two stages of face recognition. One is that quick one we just talked about, but this is where dolls kind of fuck with our brains a bit. Thalia Wheatley did a study where she showed people images of a doll's face morphing into a human baby's face. She was surprised to find that all the participants felt that the image was alive when the doll had morphed to 65 to 67 percent human, meaning that they felt at that point it had a mind. It's all creepy. And everybody hit 65 or 67 percent. Wow. She should go consult with the real doll company. Make some real money, right? <laughs> People want their fuck dolls to be uh, <laughs> as lifelike as you can get. But without, with a real doll talking is. back, uh, right? I didn't know what that was. <laughs> We've talked about this before on yeah. the show. The I real, didn't know, the I real didn't, doll. Yeah. yeah. Well, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Count me in. We'll put an advance order in for you, pal. Those things are really expensive, aren't they? Can we get them to sponsor oh. the show? Just send us each one. Try it out. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. We got to try it, right? Holes is holes, guys. <laughs> the overwhelming amount of people said it was at that point they felt the doll, quote, started to look back at them. That was the big thing that they they felt like it had life in its eyes at that point. That's what a lot of people said. Well, these are the same people that thought Pikachu had a black tip on his tail. <laughs> That's a Patreon uh, joke. Yep. Mandela effect available in the Patreon archives. According to the study with dolls or other human-like objects that do a better job at mimicking what real faces look like, your brain is searching for a mind and not finding one. But it's getting a lot of the same cues that it would receive in faces with a mind. Wheatley said, quote, there are these signals that are telling our brain this thing is alive, but we know it's not alive. And that juxtaposition is really creepy. I'll say extremely creepy. It just like scrambles that that instinct in your brain. And those dolls where you pull the cord and they talk and it makes it all even creepier. It's even uh, creepier when the battery starts dying and then the voice is all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <popped> <laughs> off and- Please hug me. <laughs> that also works as an Andre the Giant impression. <laughs> Anybody want to see that? <laughs> so in the movies, Annabelle is a super creepy doll uh, that's haunted and inhabited by an evil spirit. Um, but in real life, Annabelle was a haunted Raggedy Ann doll, which was investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren and eventually ended up in their occult museum in Monroe, Connecticut. You ever been to the occult museum? I have not. Is that a bucket list item? Uh, <sighs> nah. <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool to go there. Is it still open? Uh, currently, it's not. There's like some kind of zoning issues going mm. on. I'd like to go there. I would sure. just open that, uh, open that case. I want to pull Annabelle out of there. Well, then you will die. <laughs> <laughs> I think the guy from... Or I at least heard that the guy from Ghost Adventures bought it and put it in his museum. Really? In Vegas. Yeah. Oh. The real bro guy. Uh, I don't one, like that guy. The one with the muscles and everything. The, the guy that came hair. here and went to Franklin Castle. <laughs> clown. Straight clown. Yeah. That dude has a museum out in Vegas. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, never mind. <laughs> Getting to Ed and Lorraine a bit. I want to do a full episode on them eventually. 
But a little background on these two. They were a year apart in age, with Ed being born in 1926 and Lorraine born in 1927. Ed died in 2006, and Lorraine died just a couple years ago in 2019. Ed was a self-taught and self-claimed demonologist, and Lorraine claimed to be a clairvoyant and a medium. These two worked as a team to investigate paranormal cases, with Ed having all the knowledge about demons and evil spirits, while Lorraine would be able to communicate and things like that. Is that a real thing, a self-taught demonologist? (laughs) Ed Warren coined that. Mm. That's him. Mike's a self-taught Punaniologist. <laughs> it's on his true. business card. Very true. Mike Nalapod, expert in Punani. And cuckoldry. <laughs> <laughs> Hours, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. <laughs> in 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, which is the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. They wrote a bunch of books about the paranormal and about their investigations, claiming to have investigated over 10,000 cases during their career. By my calculations, that's uh, one case every two days for 54 years. <laughs> I, I don't know how that's possible. They're that good. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're the goats of the industry, <laughs> right? That's a lot of cases. They're the Michael Jordans, the Wayne Gretzkys, the Tiger Woods. If you believe, then I believe. According to the Warrens and the official website for the New England Society for Psychic Research, they used and use a bunch of people, including medical doctors, researchers, police officers, nurses, college students, and members of the clergy in investigations. So we talked about the Enfield poltergeist earlier that they were involved in, which they were barely a part of that. They just, they kind of showed up Ed did the whole, Hey, let's make some money. It's easy to get 10,000 when you just show up and say, we investigated. (laughs) I mean, that one, they were literally there for like the whole movie was about them. What are you talking about? Nope. (laughs) You know, what wasn't about them? Our whole episode Ah. available in the archives. That was a good movie too. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that one because I liked the story when, when we told it on here. That's creepy. That old, old guy sitting in the rocking chair. Yeah. And that, uh, what's that thing that was at the top of the stairs? Like the, the old, the, uh, what was that? Like that British toy? I don't know. I can't remember, but it was a good movie. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. that. Oh, you're talking about the toy? I thought you were talking about our show. Or you're talking about the movie. <laughs> the Conjuring too. Yeah. At the top of the I stairs. I thought you were talking about our episode when we talked about oh, it. And no. I was like, we didn't talk about there it. There was some like the skinny we? man or the laughing man or something. Some toy they had that was really creepy. The whole movie was just creepy. Good stuff. I like those movies. All right. Dave recommended. It, what's, is it called Enfield Poltergeist or what's it? What is Conjuring 2. Oh, it's just the Conjuring 2. Yeah. The first two are good. Third one was. Uh, is that right? Yeah. It wasn't as good. I thought the first two were good. I think I've, like I said before, just seen the first Conjuring and Annabelle. Apparently there's a whole other world. A whole new world you're missing in. (laughs) But am I missing other than Conjuring 2? No, Annabelle's not great. (laughs) Those movies are not good. Go watch Die Hard instead. Well, we'll see. Maybe someday. Besides the Enfield Poltergeist and and Annabelle, they're most known uh, for the Amityville horror case. Which is widely considered a fraud at this point, right? Yeah. That they were out drinking with uh, the Lutz guy and they just concocted the whole story, right? That's how it's told. I remember reading. Ed, Ed, uh, 
Ed and George Lutz just sat up till like three o'clock in the morning and in that house and just wrote the whole thing. I just came up with everything. That's how you work. Yeah, it worked. All right. (laughs) Starting off with the story of Annabelle, there aren't really any last names to corroborate the story. So uh, we're just going off of Ed and Lorraine's account of how this all went down. In 1970, a woman purchased an antique Raggedy Ann doll from a local store. The doll had been a birthday present for her daughter, Donna. Donna was getting ready to graduate from college with a nursing degree, and she lived in a small apartment with her roommate, Angie. Donna put the doll on her bed as a decoration and just kind of forgot about it. Within days, both Donna and Angie noticed that there was something off about the doll. The doll mysteriously seemed to move around the house with relatively small movements at first, like just change position. But as time passed, the movement became more noticeable. Like the doll's hands were like up around its mouth, like like simulating the blowjob. <laughs> oh, you mean like coming? <laughs> like that? Super bad. <laughs> I watched that not that long ago. <laughs> I do that and reenact that coming scene more often than any person should know that. That's true. Can't confirm. Like whenever someone says something that at first I'm confused about, I'm just always like, oh, you mean like coming? And they're like, uh, I was talking about the Bible. The good, the good book, if you will. I think I had a Raggedy Andy doll when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want any girl dolls. Come on. Right. Those are the ones that get Raggedy Andy. Those are the ones that get haunted, right? Of course. The fairer sex. I mean, you're not going to haunt Raggedy Andy. Nobody He's not going to let that demon in him. Nobody wants a part of that. Stop it. Did you play with your Raggedy Andy doll? I don't remember. I just remember having them. It's kind of weird now that I think about it. <laughs> you were a kid. Raggedy Andy? Well, they were just trying to, you know, be fair. I guess. Yeah. Okay. I, did not, I didn't even know that existed, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Raggedy Andy, for sure. Okay. That's all, I, that's all I have to say on that. Raggedy Andy exists. <laughs> that we can confirm. So Donna and Angie would come home to find the doll in a completely different room. Sometimes the doll would be found with its legs crossed, arms folded, and other times it would be found upright standing on its feet, which is kind of crazy for a Raggedy Ann doll, right? It's all like floppy. Raggedy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have joints or bones. <laughs> stand up. Several times Donna left the doll on the couch before leaving for work and would come home to find the doll back in her room on the bed with the door closed. Are you freaked out at this point? Yeah. If you're living in that house, aren't you? No, I'm pissed because I'm thinking someone's fucking with me. Is that's that what, what I would, I would yeah. think. Like the roommate or something. That's what I would yeah. think. Your, your mind is not going to go, oh, that doll's moving around by itself. Yeah, you're going to think someone's fucking with you. Right. At this point, that's that's where my head would be. Okay, I agree. Yeah, that makes sense. Or if someone's like, hey, keep your fucking shit off the couch, clean up, you know, keep your shit in your room. And I'd be like, oh, they're pissed. Yeah. And then I would leave it out more just to. <laughs> <part of that. laughs> and then And then you hide it in their room. So when they wake up in the middle of the night and it's fucking staring at them. You should spend it from a, a wire from yeah. the ceiling right over their face. Oh, you could attach it to their fan or something so it's spinning around. <laughs> a little voice box. Yeah. I'm Raggedy Andy. No, it's no Andy, Dave. Man, There's man. no Andy. Sorry, Andy. Yeah. Gotta get over this Raggedy Andy. <laughs> 
about a month into their experiences, Don and Angie began to find messages on parchment paper that read, quote, help us and, quote, help Lou. The handwriting looked like it was written by a small child. Uh, And aside from the creepy messages, Donna had never kept parchment paper in the apartment. So just magically appearing parchment paper. Explain that, Mike. This is either someone doing an elaborate prank or there's something eerie going on. It's a little out of the ordinary. One night, Donna came home to find the doll had moved again. This time it was on her bed. Donna had gotten used to the doll moving by now, but the way the story's told is that something didn't feel right on this occasion. As Donna got closer to the doll, she saw what looked like blood drops on the back of its hands and its chest. Donna couldn't figure out where this red liquid would have come from, and that was it for both her and Angie. They decided they wanted to get some expert advice. Or, like I would do, you could burn the fucking doll. <laughs> but it was a gift from her mom. Okay, stop. <laughs> you just gonna throw that away? <laughs> oh my god, my doll's moving around, it has blood on it. Let me call for some advice. <laughs> How about some lighter fluid, honey? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? If you? But if you throw it away, or do you think they were too afraid? Because what if you did that, and then it was there the next day? Mm. Now you've upped the ante, and you're, you're mortified. Mm. So maybe their thought was, let's bring in an expert to see how we can properly get rid of this thing. Interesting. I'm just trying to think of what Interesting. they're doing, because... I mean, rational person would probably throw it away or set it on fire. <laughs> but again, we haven't lived in that moment. No, no, and, we and haven't. experienced that. And I think if I started really experiencing weird shit like this, I would be like, it would, it would completely ruin me if I then threw it away or set it on fire and that thing showed back up. So maybe you call for expert advice just to see what's the, what are my options here? Which path doesn't lead me to dying? <laughs> like, could you sleep in the house at that point? Like, you see this happen in horror movies all the time. Like, the craziest shit goes on. And they're like, well, yeah. <laughs> good night. I don't know what else to do. And like, how can you? You can't sleep in that house. I'm what trying. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm still at the point where if this is happening to me, I'm like, all right, who the fuck is messing with me? Like, someone's yeah, doing something. Right. But I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of if this was, if I, if, this was happening and I didn't think someone was fucking with me. Yeah. No, I don't think I'm sleeping in that house. Like I'm getting a right. fucking hotel room or exactly. It, I mean, if I'm not throwing the thing away, I'm getting a hotel room or, you know, I'm sleeping with my light on at the very least and probably not getting much sleep at all. But I, I think you're still ske- until you see that thing dancing around by itself. You know, I think you're probably still skeptical and say someone I, could I, be fucking with me. I agree. I think we are, I, yeah. you know, I don't know what they were doing. I think yeah, like, I think that that whole standing up thing would have had me done. Well, if I saw right? that for sure, yeah, like I that think, happened kind of early on. Yeah, like that's not possible. Like, what's this? How is it <laughs> right. standing up? Well, I've seen Pinocchio. I mean, <laughs> some drawstrings on that. He was a wooden to... boy, Mike. He can stand up. <laughs> I'm a real boy. <laughs> this thing's fucking straw or whatever it's stuffed with. Straw. <laughs> But I'm just saying, <laughs> what if some, they had strings attached, like an elaborate prank? All right, well, that's Make that different. thing dance. Yeah. Or that video I sent you guys the other day uh, with that uh, that person had that hat on a stick. That was that was good that stuff. Was their friends. That was good. That was fucking terrifying. That is why you close your goddamn blinds at night. 
so that no one can fuck with you like that. <laughs> yes. They ended up contacting an unnamed medium to do a seance. Everything's unnamed. Oh, unnamed. Well, can't corroborate because it was an say, unnamed. We don't easier. remember the name of the medium. Sorry. Makes it easier to not be able to follow up on yeah. this. <laughs> it was then Don and Angie were introduced to the spirit of Annabelle Higgins. The medium said Annabelle was a young girl that lived on the property before the apartments were built and they were, quote, happy times. That was until she was seven years old and she was found dead in the field where the apartment complex was built. Annabelle told the medium that she felt comfort with Donna and Angie and wanted to stay with them and be loved. Feeling compassion for Annabelle and and the story, Donna gave her permission to stay in the doll and live with them. Uh, no. (laughs) Wrong. That's also weird. I will allow you to, you know, possess my doll, (laughs) even though you've been doing weird shit. You've had blood on you. You've been creeping us the fuck out. You allow her to possess it, and then you light the doll on fire. Yeah, what's the what's the blood about? I don't see how that would be getting people to let you stay there, right? No, right. Also, what if they would have said no? Would they have left? Like, oh, fuck, okay. My bad. Good point. Well, how does the seance work? Do they actually hear voices, or is it the the medium talking through the medium, I guess? Yeah, talking through I've the medium. I've never been to a, to a seance. I'd like to do that. That's... Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I would observe a seance. I would actively participate in a seance. What does actively participate mean? Hold hands at the Uh, table. I don't. Dave, it's pandemic. And I I would hit with my knees under the table and make knocking noises. Like (laughs) you'd be that douche. All the people do (laughs) is seances. You'd be that douchebag. Ruins all the fun for everybody. Oh my God, someone <laughs> announce your presence. No, he's doing that. And then they look at him. He's fucking got a picture of Casey Anthony on his phone. He's fucking, you know, jerking his girl. Sorry, I had a boner medium. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take care of take care of that one. I get really turned on by saying seances. Sorry. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Something keeping you from achieving your 2020 goals? Let's face it. These are certainly trying times. From being cooped up inside your home to wondering how you're going to pay next month's bills, we're all experiencing some form of stress or strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. The best part? No waiting rooms. That's a pretty big deal if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own couch. BetterHelp is available worldwide and has a broad range of expertise available, including licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Not happy with your counselor? No worries. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Remember, everything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. 
And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help you deserve. Financial aid is even offered to those who qualify. Want to hear how BetterHelp assisted people just like you? Check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Look, we here at Necronomapod want you to start living a happier life. So, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, better H-E-L-P dot com slash necro. So going back to the notes that were written on the parchment paper, Don and Angie did have a friend named Lou. Lou had never liked the doll, and multiple times he warned Donna that it was evil and to get rid of it. One night, Lou was staying over and woke up from a deep sleep and in panic. He usually had reoccurring bad dreams, but this one was different. This time he was awake but couldn't move. So looking down toward his feet, he saw the doll, and it began to slowly move up his leg over his chest and then stopped. And all of a sudden, the doll started strangling him, causing Lou to eventually black out. Yeah, fuck all that. That's pretty terrifying. You can't move and something's strangling you? No, oh, I'm good. I, I can't imagine having a dream that's so, I guess, vivid like that, where you can't tell if it's real or not. I've told you guys that was my experience yeah, with sleep paralysis. I, yeah, no. Either I would sleep paralysis like really happened to me, or it was a dream so vivid that I, I can't tell if it was real or not. So one of those two things happened to me. I hate dreams to begin with. I don't ever want to have that. No, thanks. In all fairness, I have never been choked by a doll in my sleep paralysis. Not what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Holes is holes. Even if you cut them yourself in the straw, (laughs) that would fucking hurt. No, Ouch. straw. Ow. Yeah. A piece of straw might go up your pee hole, Mike. <laughs> or that's or, not good for or anybody. You're so aggressive, a fire starts. <laughs> that's true. You're rubbing that's a lot of friction in there, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, your cock's on fire. Ow! You start a whole forest fire like that. <laughs> Mike burned down Ohio, fucking a raggedy Andy doll. <laughs> How do you know it wasn't a raggedy Andy doll? Well. They couldn't find the uh, remains because they were all burned to, you know, to nothing. Well, at least they hid the evidence. Or you probably got charged with felony arson for burning down Ohio. I mean, what do you want from me? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good lay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been described as fire by many a people. Oof, shameless self-promoter, this guy. The next morning, Lou was debating on whether all of that was a dream or not. The group was getting ready for a road trip that they had planned, so Lou and Andrew were reading over maps alone in the apartment. Suddenly, they heard rustling sounds coming from Donna's room and thought someone had maybe broken into the apartment. Lou walked quietly to the bedroom door and waited for the noises to stop before going in and turning on the light. The room was empty except for Annabelle, who was lying on the floor in the corner. Fucking bitch doll causing trouble. Time to burn her. Burn that bitch. <laughs> God damn. What are you waiting for? New shirt coming to uh, Amazon. Burn that bitch. And it's just like Raggedy Ann's face or like our own drawing of Raggedy Ann's face so we can't get sued. Or Raggedy Andy, if you prefer. Dave, you seem to have a fascination. Well, you know. Andy. I got to think the trademark for Raggedy Ann's expired by now, right? 
I don't know. I feel like those things, back. those things still go for a ton of money. Really? I think so. They still make new ones? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think, I think, I think you think can so. buy one like oh. in Target and stuff. Oh, shit. You guys can keep talking. I'll, They're I'll, big down in like Amish country, down in like Sugar Creek and stuff. Hmm. So you yeah. can buy like little one, like a 16 inch one. They're like 15 to 20 bucks. Oh, but like right. the, the old one, like the they were bigger, right? Like the old school ones, they were like two feet, two and a half feet, right? Like they weren't, yeah. they weren't little. My mom had one when she was little and somehow it carried over Dude, to my grandma's house. It, the fucking thing is creepy and it is super creepy. tall. Creepy. That's Ann and Andy. They're super creepy. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what my mom had, but it was a real big one. They're going for 30 bucks a pop. All right. Oh, these ones are just as creepy and they tried to like cuten them up. Yeah. They got like a little oh, hat oh, on man. Andy. Nope. So that's strangling Lou in the middle of the night. I'm scared. They don't even have like fingers. How do they get like a grip? Like it's just like a thumb and like. How do they stand up? They don't have kneecaps (laughs) or bones or joints or tendons. (laughs) You're asking how they strangle people? Yeah, I want to (laughs) know. How do they move? (sighs) I just don't get it. You can't get a good grip. Lou looked around the room, but nothing was out of place. As he got close to the doll, he got the feeling that somebody was behind him. He spun around and nobody was there. Then, in an instant, he found himself grabbing his chest, hunched over, cut and bleeding. His shirt was stained with blood, and after taking it off, on his chest, there was what seemed to be seven claw marks, three vertically and four horizontally, and they were all hot like burns. Weirdly, these scratches healed almost immediately, half gone the next day and fully gone by day two. You mean before anyone could see them? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Too bad they didn't have photography in 1970. Someone could have got a picture of this. Do we think he was... Photography wasn't around until the iPhone, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. Do we think he might have been hallucinating? I think, that's one, I think that's one very plausible uh, explanation. I think it might be. People named Lou tend to hallucinate a lot. I've, I've read that statistic. We got it. We got it. <laughs> this made Donna finally believe that Lou had been right and that the doll wasn't being inhabited by the spirit of a little girl. Donna's next step was to contact an Episcopal priest named Father Hegan. Father Hegan felt that it was a spiritual issue and he needed to contact a higher authority in the church, so he contacted Father Cook, who immediately contacted the Warrens. Ed and Lorraine were all over it and contacted Donna about what was going on. So church authorities respected self-taught demonologist <laughs> Ed, like that's at the top of their Rolodex. Like, oh, we better call Ed Warren in on, uh, on this one. Sounds like a, we need a demonologist here. Stat. Maybe he was just like, fuck, I don't want to deal with this. Let's call them. They, right. you know, they get off on this stuff. And also like, do you think that's a common demon ruse with like, I'm a little girl. Can I, can I stay and live with you so you can love me? And like they get approval and they're like, oh, sure, you can stay here. I wonder. I don't, I don't know. Is that like the demon game that they play? They trick them. Starting to learn that demons might be sneaky little things. 
They might not be the most honest. <laughs> it's really unfortunate. <laughs> okay. Like, you're one of those bad demons. You said you're a little girl, but you really weren't. You're a demon. I don't like you anymore. You're a bad person, demon. <laughs> After talking to Donna... Angie and Lou, the Warrens came to the conclusion that the doll itself was not possessed, but instead it was being manipulated by an inhuman presence. In situations like this, according to the Warrens, spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. The spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Okay. We're starting to get into the world of Talpa. Yeah. I feel Talpa like when idea. I feel like when Mike dies, he's gonna haunt his old frat bedroom. Like, he's never <laughs> like he's gonna be on top of some poor kid when he's banging. He's like, You call that fucking whippersnapper? <laughs> now <we're> talking. <laughs> I destroyed more beaver in this room than every every colonial fur trapper since 1700 combined. <laughs> I'm oh. trying to swallow my drink. I'm just gonna spit it. <laughs> I think that I think that sounds pretty good. It's like anyone, anytime anyone goes to fuck in, in Mike's old bedroom, like he appears on top of you. just the whole dorm, not even the bedroom, not the whole dorm. The ghost of sexing past. <laughs> you call that a cock? What's the matter with you, boy? <laughs> you sound like Vince McMahon in the afterlife. Ha <laughs> 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 that's good shit. Get out of the way. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> See, like, like little gray puffs going in and out of uh, the... <laughs> I love how like dead me has like the smoker's raspy voice because I've obviously been a smoker my whole life. <laughs> Ghost Mike, reoccurring character now, and Beaver Destroyer. <laughs> wow. Ian likes the word Beaver, so, so. I, I use it as often as I can because it it's, makes him laugh. Apparently, that is the most that a trigger word for him. It's the most absurd term ever. <laughs> That is really in my mind, yeah. It's the most ridiculous <laughs> slang term for something. Punaniologist, he's fine with beaver. That's what <laughs> That's he does. What <laughs> so, to the Warrens, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll, it was looking to possess a human host. The spirit, or in this case, this inhuman demonic spirit, was essentially in the infestation stage of the phenomenon. It first began moving the doll around the apartment in hopes that Donna and Angie would acknowledge the doll, giving it energy. Kind of the same idea of a poltergeist a little bit here. Like you have to acknowledge it to make it real? Yeah, you're getting into the world of Talpa, mm. like that whole thing. Like the Philip, was that guy's name? Yeah, Philip Experiment. Philip Experiment? That was wild. Then bringing a medium into the situation gave the inhuman spirit a way to communicate, again feeding into it. The inhuman spirit was now able to communicate through the medium and preyed on the girl's vulnerabilities by pretending to be a harmless little girl, which during the seance was given permission from Donna to stay in the apartment. After it was able to write the notes and attack Lou, 
the next stage of the phenomenon would have been to completely possess a human. Complete human possession on the next Dr. Phil. <laughs> Catch me outside. How about that? I don't think we're too far off from that. <laughs> My beaver. <laughs> it's this guy. This is great. He's turning red just from that word. <sighs> so at you the good? You good? <laughs> At the conclusion of the investigation, the Warrens felt it was appropriate to have an exorcism done by Father Cook to cleanse the apartment. Ed described this exorcism saying, quote, The Episcopal blessing of the home is a wordy seven-page document that is distinctly positive in nature. Rather than specifically expelling evil entities from the dwelling, the emphasis is on directing toward filling the home with the power and positivity of God. I did that in my house yesterday. You guys feel the, the positive energy here? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel good. I don't know. Could be God. Could be the beer. Could be a combination of both, Mike. Hmm. One beer. Two beers. Three beers. Could be that, too. Thank you, Mr. Cold. <laughs> Is the Episcopalian thing different than the Catholic one? It's got to be somewhat different. Yeah, I'm sure there's some, I think we, we talked about it in one of the uh, exorcism episodes that every church, almost every church has their own version of an exorcist Yeah, exorcism. Well, Episcopalian is the Church of England, right? Anglicans, it's the American version of the Anglican Church, which they created when Henry VIII couldn't get an annulment, broke off from the Catholic Church. So probably started the same, probably yeah, the same sense. elements, right? I think I have my religious history correct there. Apologies if I'm uh, off a little bit. <laughs> well, everyone listens to the show for religion history, so. Oh, of course. We're all can on the highway that, to heaven, Mike. Can you imagine that kind of power? I want to have an annulment. You can't do that. Well, my new religion says I can. It worked, right? They're mm. still here today. What can we do? 500 years later. What can we do? Let's take a religion and just tweak one thing. I want Scientology. Let's take that. Just tweak something and make it ours. You know, like no abuse or something. <laughs> That's kind of what Nexium did. Well, they took that business model. Let's take Nexium without the rape. Like I like the volleyball and stuff. Oh, give That'd me the knee fun. pads. I'm wearing <laughs> knee pads and fucking two XL T-shirts that you know go past my thigh shorts. We can have like adult retreat camp and play volleyball, but just no rape. Like that's not a bad religion. Right? I would a hundred percent join a religion that was all about retreat camp. Yeah, right. Yeah. Except I'm not laying out on gym floors for volleyballs. I don't care that much to have fucking scuffed up <laughs> elbows where I'm fucking, you know, laying in bed at night and there's blood getting on my sheets. Such a pussy. Yeah. I will not die for the volleyball cause, but I will join a religion. The sole goal of Nexium was uh, to get girls. Yeah. In my opinion. And he, the way he went about it, volleyball, obviously. It's sexy knee pads. Yeah. Well documented. It worked. In our series on Nexium. Father Cook agreed to perform the seven-page rite of exorcism throughout the apartment, at which point the Warrens were confident that the entity would no longer stay there. They agreed to take the doll back home with them as kind of to make Donna feel good that everything was out of the house or out of the apartment. Yeah. So nothing happened during the exorcism? 
not that I read, no. Like Raggedy Ann didn't start fucking herself with a crucifix. Fuck me, fuck me. No levitation or... I love how her head didn't spin around, <laughs> nothing cool. I love how convenient it was for Ed and Lorraine, too, just to be like, oh, we have the story. We'll take this off your hands just for safekeeping. That's right. That's right. You know, very convenient for them just to have it in their possession now. Mm. I'm starting to get skeptical. <laughs> Here we are on page five of our notes, and now I'm skeptical. Sounds like a pretty boring exorcism. I don't know. I like yeah. to see pea green soup projectile vomited and self fucking with. Is that how you prefer your crucifixes? Yeah, I mean, it's more interesting. <laughs> Certainly does. Fuck me, if, you're wa- <laughs> if you're watching a person though, like are you going full on hazmat suit? If you're gonna go, you know, be a spectator for one of these. Oh yeah, because if you throw up on me, I'm done. I'll, yeah. I'll get violently ill. I feel like if you just watch someone throw up, you might get violently also Ill. true. Also true. In your hazmat suit, <laughs> <laughs> you throwing up. That stench ain't going anywhere. They didn't have to yell the power of Christ compels you. Nothing. Like that. <laughs> Aren't there like real basic ones where they just, they can just walk around and say like to exercise an area. They just walk around and say it. Yeah, I guess like you can exercise a house, right? Yeah. Well, like, well, duh. Like we're talking about like they, they didn't, did they exercise the house or an actual doll? Like there was not a human person to perform the exorcism on in this scenario. Yeah. I think they, in my mind, at least I pictured it as that they just went around the apartment. And- yeah. They weren't holding Raggedy Ann down. (laughs) (laughs) Foaming at the mouth. (laughs) They're like, where is this foam coming from? You're stuffed with straw. (laughs) (laughs) I love that we've now made Raggedy Ann's straw dolls. It's definitely not made. It is not. It probably never has been, but we have made it such. I don't know, like I have the scarecrow from Wizard of Oz in my head when I picture, you know. Also kind of creepy in its own right. When they left, Ed put the doll in the back seat and decided that he would not take the highway in fear that this evil spirit that was attached to the doll maybe would cause something to happen to the car. According to the Warrens, Ed was right, and at each curve, the car swerved and stalled, causing the power steering and brakes to fail. Repeatedly, the car almost wrecked, so Ed reached into the back seat into his black bag and took out a vial of holy water and threw it on the doll, making the sign of the cross over it. The phenomenon stopped immediately, and the Warrens got home safely. <laughs> Isn't that I see amazing? You taking your glasses. <laughs> you guys are lucky to be alive. <sighs> holy water. <laughs> What kind of car was this? Any idea? <laughs> I don't know. What was popular in the 70s? I don't know. I wasn't driving yet, motherfucker. <laughs> I said nothing. I wasn't trying to say I it like said that. Nothing. <laughs> was it one of those Corvairs that Ralph Nader got uh, taken off uh, band because they were so dangerous to drive? I don't even know about that. Well, this was only dangerous because there was a spirit in the back. <laughs> <laughs> he was driving just fine. <laughs> I'm just picturing the scene like Lorraine's in the car. Ah, Lorraine's yelling. Ed's swerving back and forth trying to grab his holy water. I, I don't know. Okay. I'm glad they made it. <laughs> After the Warrens arrived home, Ed sat the doll in a chair next to his desk. The doll levitated a number of times in the beginning, and then it seemed to just stop. During the next couple of weeks, it began showing up in various rooms in the house. 
when the Warrens were away and had the doll locked up in the outer office building, they would often get home to find the doll sitting upstairs in Ed's recliner. Well, I know there wasn't any video available in the 70s. Oh, wait. Yes, there was. Is there any video evidence of any of this taking place? There is not. Oh, that's weird. But Ed and Lorraine documented it. 10,000 investigations. So you're going to question them? <laughs> Once every two days. That's true. Good point, Mike. Mike. Sorry. I was going to have Don't apologize there. to me. Apologize to Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Warren. It just seems to me that people who are responsible for investigating stuff like this might well that equipment's expensive dave <laughs> yeah all right i feel like you're a, uh, a warren apologist over there mike <laughs> just, i'm just, just asking questions out. that people want to know facts here it was expensive it was tough times for them they weren't always getting paid no probably not okay that, yeah that amityville horror story that wasn't had nothing to do with money well, that one I can't speak for. We're not covering that one tonight. Did they get paid on that? Fuck yeah, they got paid on that. <laughs> mm. So there, Mike, they had tons of cash. Well. They could have bought a, a video recorder. Was that all well before this? I don't I don't know where dates line up here. Uh, that was like 75, wasn't it? So yeah. this was before that. All right. Okay. So they weren't paid yet. Maybe they were poppers yeah. back then. Okay. So they're just looking for where they can make their big break. Kind <laughs> of like, fuck it. We'll just write our own. <laughs> In one instance, Father Jason Bradford, a Catholic priest, came to the house to visit the Warrens. He picked up the doll and said, quote, you're just a rag doll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone. And threw the doll back into the chair, at which point Ed told him, quote, that's one thing you better not say. When the priest left an hour later, Lorraine warned the priest to be careful driving and to call her when he got home because the doll had caused car issues in the past. A few hours later, Father Jason called Lorraine and told her that his brakes had failed as he came up to a busy intersection and he ended up wrecking his car. Holy shit. Mm, Not so funny anymore, is it, Dave? I bet if we said the word beaver now, Ian wouldn't even laugh. (laughs) Wrong. Are we going to review the accident report on this so-called accident on the brakes failing? I actually have it right here. Do you? No. <laughs> I do not you think have you think that I do, information. You think I do research? <laughs> I'm not sure this priest exists. How about mm. that? I noticed you weren't asking these same questions during Betty and Barney Hill, Dave. Well. The tough, hard-hitting questions. Those were credible uh, eyewitness accounts, Mike. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Okay. That's all I have to say on that. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll revisit that episode. Maybe. Or not. <laughs> Maybe one day I'm gonna Angela Hill will beat your ass and we'll sit over here and laugh. Catch these hands. Or catch me as I'm running away. <laughs> the Warrens had a special case built for Annabelle inside the occult museum where she's still there to this day. But like I said earlier, uh, I also heard that Zach Baggins has uh, ownership. Hmm. What did he pay for that? Probably a lot of fucking money. Bad, huh? Was that the like premier thing in their museum? Like, was that like the top thing to go see? I, definitely after the movie, the movie came out. Yeah, you know, I don't know about. You can look at pictures of that museum. They do have some cool looking shit in there. Like that's what I mean. Like, there's, cool. a, there's a lot of cool stuff. But was that like the you know the prized possession? Like the thing everyone wants to go see? Yeah, definitely after the movie. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> I would still go there. 
tons sure. of cool stuff. Yeah. Open I would it, go to that museum. Open that thing back up. I want to go to New England's the one place I've not been that I need to get to. I want to go up to New England. Let's go tonight. All right. See La- you guys. <laughs> oh. He took off his headphones. Oh, wow. I thought you were serious. I was ready to go. Just Ian can edit the show in the car. We'll just we'll drive up. Lobster rolls and, uh, also a, and the, the uh, war museum. <laughs> Ian has to drive while editing because you and I are driving tonight. <laughs> so, uh, all right. We can edit the show. We'll be all right. Okay. <laughs> they also put a warning sign on the bottom of, uh, of the case they had built for her that says, do not open. Since the case was built, Annabelle no longer appeared to be able to move outside of the case, but she is thought to be responsible for the death of a young guy who came to the museum on a motorcycle with his girlfriend. After hearing Ed's account of the doll, this guy went up and started banging on the case saying that if the doll can put scratches on people, then he wanted to also be scratched. And Ed said to the guy, quote, son, you need to leave and escorted him out of the museum. On the way home, this guy and his girlfriend were laughing and making fun of the doll when he lost control of his motorcycle and went head on into a tree. The guy was killed instantly, but his girlfriend survived and was hospitalized for over a year. When she was asked what happened, she said that they were laughing about the doll when they lost control of the motorcycle. Ed was quoted warning, quote, you do not challenge evil that no man is more powerful than Satan. Got that right, Ed. It's quite a tale we've uh, told here. I'm not sure the names of the guy that died on the motorcycle, mm. but the way that that's told is just a guy. It's some guy. Oh, mm. you didn't corroborate that either? No. You didn't and, get the accident report for that? Mm-mm. Come on, man. Really? Mm. <laughs> I have a question. The two girls, Donna and Angie, like were their identities ever corroborated? Or is there any outside evidence or proof that the Warrens didn't just create this story on their own? Like, does anyone know who they are? Not that I could find. Interesting. Really peeling the layers off this onion here, aren't we? Mm. So they could have just spun this whole tale up. How dare you? (laughs) How dare you, sir? I'm just asking the questions. So not a lot of evidence for this story. No. It's a really cool story, and it's really creepy. We're not even done yet, pal. I didn't say we were done. I feel like you're, you're wrapping this shit up. What are we talking about? <laughs> you're wrapping this shit up. There is some evidence to point towards that they could have just made this all up themselves. 17 years earlier, a guy named Douglas P. Adams, age 37, murdered his wife and their 12-year-old daughter. According to a copy of the Boston Evening Newspaper of May 1953, Douglas P. Adams used a carving knife to slit the throats of both his wife and daughter in an attack that he later admitted had no cause or reason. He told authorities at the time, quote, legally I'm guilty, but morally that's a different story. Hmm. Is it ever morally defensible to slaughter your wife and daughter? Mike, what say you? (laughs) In a word, no. I I agree. I concur. Okay, so I think a three out of three here, Mm -hmm. concur. So this murder happened in the same general region as the Warrens, but here's the thing about this story. A life-size Raggedy Ann doll was found sitting on a chair looking down on the little girl's body. The Boston Evening American really made sure readers got the point about the doll, like the reporter really wanted to hit on it. Immediately in the article was stated, quote, The girl's body was sprawled on the floor. At her feet 
a mysterious novel, a life-size Raggedy Ann sat on a chair facing her. How convenient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is, uh, yeah. I see what you're getting at there. I would like to suggest another possible source for this. Have you ever seen the Twilight Zone episode called Living Doll? I have not. And the doll's name was Talkie Talky Tina. And the, the doll talked and, st- and stuff. And the stepdad of this girl did not like Talkie Tina. And when he picked up Talkie Tina, it started saying bad stuff to him. And then he threw the doll outside. But somehow the doll made its way back inside and it ended up he uh, tripped over Talkie Tina one night and fell down the stairs and died. You know what the mom's name was in this story? What's that? Annabelle. Hmm. So I think Talkie Tina might be a part of the source of this, too. I'm Talkie Tina. And was that out at the same time as, like, all of this? Well, Twilight, it was first couple of seasons of Twilight Zone, so, like, 60 to 64, whenever that show ran. So it lines up. Yeah. It was released. That's a good episode, though. Check that out. Talkie Tina. Sounds creepy. It's very creepy. Talkie Tina. I'm talking Tina. So are you telling me, Dave, you're debunking this story? <laughs> I'm just gathering facts and pointing things out. I feel like can't confirm that Donna and Angie actually exist. And we don't know the name of the mother who bought the doll for Donna. Yeah. Are Ed and Lorraine Warren the biggest con artists uh, in it, history? I mean... They tell a good fucking story. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. This story is so creepy. pro wrestlers. It's not real. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> Perfect. I, I don't know. Do, do you think they're 100% frauds? Do you find any of their stories credible? None of the big ones. I, I think maybe they genuinely did start out as something. Yeah. Um, and maybe. Well, and because when they started probably getting more infamous, people who might have been actually having some weird experiences then started calling them. So now they're involved in shit that might be legit or real, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. That's fair. Like, Adana and Angie could have made the whole backstory up and called the Warrens, and, you know, they're not... They could have made it up also. They could have made the whole thing up. They're not insinuating that the Warrens saw any of this activity. The Warrens took their story and like, oh, we better call the exorcism time. And didn't stop them from taking that doll, though, and putting it in their museum <laughs> and then, you know, charge them motherfuckers. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, and their brakes could have just failed or, or whatever it was. Yeah. And that could have just thrown the holy water on it and everything stopped. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> true. Maybe he pumped the brakes and the brake fluid came back. Right. And, uh, you know, maybe he's just a shitty driver. Th- that could be, too. And by throwing holy water, it means like he took a shot of vodka and was like, I got to calm my nerves. Let's get home. That was legal back then. Drinking and driving. We don't promote that now. No. Don't do that. Can't do that anymore. Don't do it. Yeah. I like the story. <clears throat> I like stuff like this. It's super creepy. We haven't had a good, uh, a good story like this in a while. It's a refreshing uh, change of pace, if you will. Yeah, this no. was fun. No dead kids. We had a lot of no derails. Torture. We had a lot of derails, but I hope people realize, like for the last four weeks, we haven't really been able to make too many jokes. So that's true. We kind of like to. And I know Mike leans on you a lot to do those, you know, long four-part torture episodes where he can go home and jerk off about it. But I appreciate <laughs> you Jesus doing Christ. something a little less. Yikes! 
<laughs> a little more lighthearted tonight, Ian. Oh, so yeah, thank you for taking it down a couple notches. Yeah, we all know those are my favorite ones. The best. <laughs> Can't get enough. I prefer these kind of stories. I know they don't yeah. line up with your masturbatory habits, Mike, and you like those more dark ones. You trying but... to tell me right now you never jerked off to a doll? <laughs> well, maybe Raggedy Andy back in the day, but nothing in the past 10 years. <laughs> okay. Ian, any final thoughts from you? Like I said, it's a fun story. Ed and Lorraine, they're awesome storytellers, obviously. I mean, they've kind of screwed some people over, you know, with that whole Enfield Poltergeist thing and... You know, they were not a part of it, but they ended up getting the rights to all the stuff yeah, about it. You know, that's they're shitty. Um, but I, I mean, they're definitely good storytellers. Agree. We'll give them that at least. I would just like to announce to my wife that I've come to an agreement with the estate of the Warrens, and I'm going to be hosting the occult museum in my basement going forward. So sorry, sorry, honey, but all that stuff's <laughs> being moved in as we speak. Oh, that sounds awesome. I'll be selling tickets shortly. And we could still record in that museum studio. Oh, for sure. Hell yeah. I support this 100%. Yeah. I would definitely go there. Like, that that place would be sweet. Now, you have to go every week when you come to Dave's basement. Oh, well, I meant you're going to walk through it. Yeah. You're going to buy a ticket, too. (laughs) Can we just write that off? Absolutely. (laughs) Business expense. (laughs) All right. We got some patron shout outs to get to. Uh, thank you very much to Mike Sucks Rotten Donkey Balls. <laughs> Goddamn, pal. Nico Borges and Michael Panga, Ashley Jushimik, Zach, Adam Ivancic, Abby Meyer, Elaine McDaniel, Sarah Brankus, Rebecca Staley, Bean Seeker 21, Ty Marwitz, Morgan McGinnis, Sarah Grinter, Brittany Reeves, Jack Meoff. I feel like he's a frequent flyer. Over there. <laughs> Chris Starr, Ian's Micro Penis Emporium LLC. I love that place. I shop there all the time. <laughs> they got great uh, uh, khaki. They sell great khaki pants. Yeah, like yeah. two and a half inch dildos too. Fantastic. Oh, I get to get my pants there. <laughs> Brittany Wilkinson, Megan Curtin, Melanie Green. Katie Tokshik, Scott Neald, Liam McLeod, Lord Summerisle, Brandon Teague, Trey Garrow, Anne-Marie Bellinger, Amber McIntyre, Danielle Mango, Jace, Kirsten Bitor, Christiana Victoria, Taryn Davidson, Jamie Carson, John Whitehead, and Harley Q. Thank you very much. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian, what do we got? For iTunes, I have one for Kath Karma, Sir Slaughter, Kenny G419, BTG0511, Ash DT1314, KM Talk, and Tay Tay Claire. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. All right, Dave, what do you got? I don't have anything to uh, talk about, Mike. That's the end of the show for you. That's it. Okay. I'm out. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed this one. It was a little bit more on the uh, the lighter side, obviously, but we had four rough weeks, so uh, wanted to give you guys something different and lighten things up a little bit. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. Uh, also, a quick note, we have stickers back available, three packs of stickers available at necronomapod.com. 
Those are not on Amazon. Those are uh, coming straight from us. So go to Necronomapod.com. We have uh, three pack of stickers available uh, and it ships everywhere because it's coming straight from us. Fucking A right. Worldwide, bitches. Boom. Slap one on your cooler. Slap one on your uh, girlfriend's ass when you're slapping it. Slap one on a police cruiser in your neighborhood. (laughs) Put it anywhere there's a substance, uh, a surface that'll take a sticky substance on the back of a sticker. Just make sure your girlfriend, <laughs> make sure your girlfriend doesn't rip it right off because that's a waste of a sticker. She's got to leave it on well, for at least a waste of a her week. skin too. A, a late, at least a week, and it's got to stay on. Yeah. So when all like all the guys she's plowing that week, they can at least see the while she's cucking you, and you're in the corner playing with your penis. Exactly. You can look at our sticker. They're gonna be like, "Oh, what is this? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out, download, and subscribe right now." <laughs> there we are. Take my phone, cucky. Subscribe for me. While I finish off be, in your girlfriend's asshole. Wouldn't that be the Wouldn't that be the ultimate video for someone to be getting cucked? And with the necro sticker on there. No, with us, <laughs> us playing in the background in the bedroom <laughs> while a dude's jerking off watching his girlfriend or wife get get banged out. And then there's us, our, our sexy voices in the background, you know, just telling a story. That's the ultimate. That's the, it's, not hey, ba- it's not bad, Mike. That is when we've made it. Throw the sticker on her ass, too, while you're at it. Sure. It might just be dark, though. You know, some people might want the darker lighting. I don't Turn know. the fucking light on your camera, man. You can do it. Get some uh, studio lighting. I just want to hear Ian, Ian's voice in the background of a cuck video. That's what I want in life. Oh, well, I got tons of those. <laughs> All right. I'm getting the fuck out of here. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.